The uh, Martha Mary Gospel is probably familiar to, to many of us. And, uh, um, you know, we begin with remembering that, and it's hard to tell when it takes place, if this is the beginning of the relationship or if, if it develops or it's already developed. But either way, Jesus ends up becoming really, really close friends with Martha and Mary and also their brother Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Um, so whether this is their first meeting or they have an established relationship, we don't know. Um, but he does come to know them very, very well. Now, normally the Martha Mary um, gospel is presented dichotomously, right? And so it gives rise to things like, are you a Martha or are you a Mary? You know, um, I'm, I'm a John, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, this sort of like, are you, um, are you, are you a busybody or are you a, you know, are you a doer or you are a beer, beer, are you a Budweiser? Are you a beer, beer? You know, um, theologically it often gets presented as sort of the, the active and contemplative life, that sort of thing. And uh, there's some profit, I think, in looking at it that way. Uh, but there's also some pitfalls, particularly that dichotomous thing, right? The either or. Uh, and we know that people are much more complex than that. There are times to do and there are times to be, and, and a balanced life would include both, right? To see life as sort of black and white or to see a person as black and white is really a kind of an infantile way of, of viewing other people, the all good or all bad, right? Um, a lack of whole object relations, as it's called. Um, so we know that, that that isn't quite right, right? I mean, Martha is basically doing all the serving. That's not a bad thing, but it's sort of presented sometimes as though it's a bad thing. Jesus, Jesus isn't saying it's a bad thing, not particularly the serving part, but more so when she starts to tell her sister what to do. Uh, furthermore, when she starts to triangulate with Jesus about what her sister ought to do. This never happens in families. So, you know, so she, you know, she's doing all the serving. It's very important to her. Hospitality is very important and some serving has to happen. But, you know, there she is doing all of it and she could just do it out of generosity and charity, but it really, really bothers her that Mary isn't helping like how many other times have they probably had that conversation, right? But here it is again, and she's really frustrated. And she tells Jesus, hey, you know, fix my sister, would you? You know, tell her what to do. Triangulation, passive aggressive, it never works. Furthermore, Mary's sitting right there. But anyway, you, you can just kind of see this unfolding, right, as a, as a family. And, um, you know, of course, Jesus responds back and says, well, you know, you're anxious and worried about many things. In other words, leave Mary alone. That's kind of, and that's what I want to lean into today, is, is Jesus pointing out the worry and the anxiety that Martha has, which is driving her to kind of miss the point that, you know, really the greatest good is experiencing Jesus, Right here, you have the Lord in your midst and you're busy and worried about all these other details. And it's not that they're bad necessarily, but you're kind of missing the main point, right? I mean, you can imagine, okay, so now Mary goes and serves 
and helps her. And maybe it gets done faster, but now Jesus is sitting there all alone also. Like the great good here is that people experience Jesus, you know, first really. So her anxiety and her worry lead her to try to do what all of us try to do because of worry and anxiety. They lead her to try to control other people and to control the situation, right? If Mary could just be the way she wants Mary to be, then everything would be fine. (laughs) You know, we already know that's not gonna work, but that's what happens. And how many times have we maybe put ourselves in the same kind of position with control? Because of our fears and our anxiety, it can lead us to try to control other people particularly. Now, I mean, I recognize, right? I mean, we always have to have these caveats and it's important, you know, I mean, I am thinking about all of the, the different permutations and situations, or at least many of them. Obviously, when, when you have little ones, it's a little different, but as they get older, as parents, there is a letting go that has to take place. You can't continue to run your kids' lives. I mean, they're 45 years old, you gotta stop. But parents will continue. And part of that is like, you can never stop being a parent, right? You can never stop being concerned about your kids, et cetera. But I've also seen a whole lot of anxiety and a whole lot of fears that that parents particularly will have about their their particularly grown children. You know, the the kids aren't going to mass. They're, They're not living the way I think they should live. This is what I hear, by the way. I hear it all the time. They tell me. So all of you who have parents who are like this, don't worry, they get me too. And, um, but I get it, you know, I get it. You know, the, the, the babies aren't baptized. And I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And as parents, you kind of want to control that. And, and you've probably tried and found how ineffective that is. And one of the things we do learn is that we can never really control someone else. And we can never really control someone else. And and that control, just like with Martha over Mary, seeking to assert control, right? She's seeking to um, get Mary to behave how she wants her to behave, according to her designs. And when we do this kind of thing, when we we treat other people like they need to behave or act the way we want them to act, is really to treat them as an object as opposed to a subject. It's to objectify them, to merely you know, see them as persons who need to, to act according to our desires. And really what it is, is kind of, it's really dehumanizing because it's taking away their freedom. It's taking away their free will. Whenever we try to exert that kind of control and try to control someone else, not only does it lead to bad relationships, but it's also the, the, the attempt itself is disordered. So that's the first thing we, we ought to look at. And, and, and just to be honest with ourselves um, about perhaps times we've tried to do that or maybe we've done that poorly or maybe we need to, to get a little better at letting go um, and letting people just be who they are. And that takes a lot of acceptance. That can be really, really difficult. And I know as parents that's, and grandparents, that can be particularly difficult. It's kind of hard as a priest, I'll be honest with you. Because there are times that I think, well, if they would all just listen to me, everything would be fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to think that back when I thought I was really, really smart, you know, when I was in my 30s. And now that I'm in my, oh, I'm 50. I'm not in my 40s. And I, geez, time is flying. I'm getting dumber as I get older. And, um, 
But, but I think also there is something, I think as we mature that we recognize, right? That we have to start letting some things go and that it's better for us and it's better for others. So that's the first point I wanna make. The second point is that, and, and I don't know that it's particular to now, but it's definitely something where a lot of us are feeling right now, which is anxiety, fear, or worry about the world. You know, about, uh, it could be anything. It could be politics, it could be the economy, it could be the wars, it could be, you know, whatever, right? There's a lot of, and that, that just hits us all the time, fear and anxiety and worry. And what do we do? You know, we watch the news. Well, actually, I stopped watching the news uh, two years ago. But, you know, the, the news which is designed to prey upon our anxieties, worries, and fears. If you start to watch through that lens, you'll start to see that, oh, wow, they're, they're actually kind of trying to manipulate in them, in, that in me. Yes, they are. They know psychologically what's going to keep us hooked and coming back the frustration and the angst and the anxiety. It doesn't matter what channel you watch. They all do it. Sports talk radio does it. Everybody does it because they know if they can get us frustrated and, and pent up that we'll keep coming back. It works. But the payoff for us is never very good because number one, these large things are generally out of our control. There's very little we can do. I mean, it's, if we think about our, the locus of our control, it's enough to try to control ourselves, let alone other people and let alone the world, the po you know, politics and all the other stuff um, that's going on in the world. And as that presses in on us, and the more that we surround ourselves with the anxieties and the fears, et cetera, and the more that that gets fed into us, it, it creates a lot of disturbances within us. I mean, it raises our cortisol levels. I mean, it, it actually has negative deleterious effects on our health as well. And so what do we do though, right? Well, Father, what do we do? How do we approach this? Well, I can only share what I have. And this is what I do. I started doing this a few years ago. I blame God. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I see all of it going on. I'm aware of it. You know, I read enough of the news to, to know what's going on, of course. But I see it all and I recognize that there's very little I can do. And opposed, as opposed to getting wrapped up in it, when it's time to do things like vote and when it's time to, to, to affect things as a citizen, I do it. But outside of that, as opposed to getting consumed with it, and this is just how I think of it, when I blame God for it. I say, look, you're the one who did it. You created, and before you created, because you're omniscient, you knew this would happen. You knew it would all happen. Right now, this year in 2022, you knew what, it would, hap what would be happening in the world, personal lives, my life, etc. You knew it all. And you took the risk because you believed it was worth it. As God, it was, it was worth it for you to create even though it could bring about and would bring about certain evils and, and all the rest, even though he's not, he's not, of course, directly causing the evil. But God knew that all of this would happen. Now, I believe that God is all-powerful and all-loving. And so therefore, since I believe that and I trust that, I'm also forced to believe 
that he has a plan. I don't know what the plan is. And the plan certainly is not a plan that I particularly like, right? I mean, if we were all designing the plan, we might, might do it a little bit differently, we would. But I find that when I say to the Lord, you know what, it's your mess. It is your mess. There's only so much I can do. You did it, so you're gonna have to clean it up. You're gonna have to find a way to bring it all to resolution. You're gonna have to find a way to redeem it. It's, that's your job, that isn't my job. My job is to participate to some degree. My, my job, obviously, as a priest, has certain characteristics, as parents, it does, etc. There's somewhat, some things we can do in effect, but there's most of it we can't. We just can't. And so I think when we, when we look at the world, we look at what's going on, and especially if we're set upon, you know, by these fears or anxieties, there's no way we can control it, just like there's no way we can really control another human being. And so let's let God be God. Let him be God. Let him worry about it. We do what we need to do when, when we can. You vote or, you know, whatever. And then we let him be God. Leave it to him. And really, we can do the same with our relationships, our families, our children, our grandchildren. It's really the same thing. There's only so much we can do. Let go. What is that? Let go and let God? Where does that come from? We have all these sayings as Catholics, right, or just as people. And the reason we have them, they sound so trite, but, you know, the reason we say them is because there's a truth there. That if we let God be God and let ourselves not be God, it not only does it let go of the need to control, it also lets go of a lot of the anxieties and fears. And so once again, we circle back to, to something we always need more of, which is trust in God himself. Please stand.